March 27th, 2022. We're continuing in Nefesh HaHayim and Sha'ab Dalid. We're up to Perek Lamed today in the blue books, the Nefesh Simtsum books. It's on page 779. If you recall in Perek Kaftet, even if you don't recall, in Perek Kaftet, Nefesh HaHayim had been discussing and explaining the difference between Misvot and Talmud Torah with regards to their effect. And he quoted that well-known pasuk in Mishle, in which the pasuk seems to describe the difference between the two, and Gemara and Masechet Sotah, which he cited in turn, as one embodying the Torah, so to speak, representing Or, while mitzvot are ner, and the difference between Or and ner, Or symbolizing and representing, so to speak, the eternal light of the sun, while ner being something that's temporal, something that only is temporary, it's a candle, it'll be extinguished, ultimately speaking. He'll continue along that path and elaborating a bit more and describing the difference and understanding what it means to have Torah vis-a-vis or in contrast to mitzvot and how in some ways as well he'll describe they uh, intersect. Says, says you should know Torah has more yetera, has more extra uh, facets to it in its way of being or and tosefet kedusha, that light and the uh, the additional Kiddushah, whereas in the last chapter he'd been talking about Torah quote-unquote versus a single mitzvah. Now he says, uh, let's contrast Torah, and again, when we talk about Torah, we're certainly talking in the strictest and narrowest sense, the study of Torah, but it's a life of Torah as well. In other words, you need not and should not see this only narrowly. And he'll make that clear at the end of the Perek, that Torah without mitzvot as the actualization is not Torah at all. It's the words of the rabbis in many places. As a result, you already need to envision and understand Torah as a reference to a life of Torah. But here he has Torah versus kola mitzvot, that's 613 mitzvot. Shigamim kiem ha'adam even if a person, and again, this is a theoretical, it's impossible to fill all 613 mitzvot. We're not all kohanim, and in turn, we're not all levim, and we're not all men, and so on and so forth. But in theory, if a person were to perform all the mitzvot relevant to them, or again, in theory, 613 mitzvot, karaui, exactly as appropriate and as expected, with all the details and all of this. Uh, 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 appropriate approaches to each of them. So, kavanav tahora kedusha, and with the appropriate and rightful mindset. Asher az naasim naasah adam kulo b'chole varav frakav kochotav merkava gimura. By so doing, in the kabbalistic terminology, that person now becomes a merkava, a full-fledged merkava. The person, so to speak, has sanctified themselves. Shetashre alehem hakedusha liyona shelam mitzvot kulan. In turn. Merkava, Ma'aseh Merkava and Sefeh Hezkel. It's a word which we describe as the chariot. We certainly associate it with Eliyahu and Navi as well. It's this chariot, a chariot of sanctity. Not to be over-elaborated in this context, but to be understood as, well, you've sanctified yourself. You've brought forth a life of sanctity by performing those mitzvot. Im En aroch or en erech v'dimyon kelal kedushat v'or hamitzvot legodel osim kedushat v'or Torah kedusha asher tofia nahara al haadam ha'usek v'hogeba karaui. He says you still cannot and should not compare 
in any way, shape, or form. The person who's performed all 613 to the person who has Torah. Again, easy to understand, at least in my mind. Torah represents that relationship. Torah represents the dialogue. If I'm just mechanically performing the mitzvot, well, I'm missing the relationship and dialogue with Borei Olam. And as a result, yes, I've, through those mechanical actions, affected something. I've certainly established a certain connection, but a dialogue, a connectedness to the extent of a relationship I do not have. And as a result, to contrast and to understand we can't envision Torah, so to speak, on the same platform as mitzvot. Torah is a lifestyle. Torah is a vision of who I am vis-a-vis my relationship with God. Kabbalistically speaking, as he has derived and explained and elaborated in past chapters and past perakim, Nebuch HaChaim says Torah emanates from above and beyond, so to speak, our imagination in terms of its essence. Yes, Rob. I'm sorry, I, should have, I did read a little bit ahead on your comment. Great. Just, just to ask on, just to differentiate, there's Torah and Kavanah. And it seems, obviously, when we talk about doing Mitzvah Shem Shemayim, Mitzvah not Shem Shemayim, that's Kavanah, but it's different than Torah. I'm saying I do all the Mitzvah without understanding, but I still have Kavanah. It's different than saying, I don't understand. So it, it would seem that if I, let's say, learned Torah, I didn't with proper Kavanah, but did no Mitzvah, would that category be better? Then? Than just doing mitzvot. Hard to, hard to fully answer that. At the end of the Patek, I mean, the answer in my mind would be no. Um, at the end of the Patek, he'll quote several ma'amare hachamim, which you have Torah and you don't have mitzvot, you don't have Torah at all. Which understood in my mind as, well, you have a theoretical relationship, you have an actualized relationship. Which means to say, uh, so you've thought about it, you've expressed it in words, you perhaps are longing for it, but you haven't done anything for it, and as a result, that Torah itself is deficient. So, yeah, I think we, just the reason why I still say someone's in some country they couldn't practice. So they have, they want, they can't. Right, that's, that's honest. I'm talking about a person who has the possibility and the capability of performing. In such a circumstance, certainly, I, I, I am going to say, nonetheless, the relationship is still deficient. I'm not, I'm not going to say to the extent that it's, uh, it's utter and absolutely empty, but I am going to say it's deficient. If, if I uh, am longing for my spouse, but I'm in another country and not able to contact them, it's not the same thing as if I have a constant dialogue and conversation with them. So it just begs his question when he's opening that without the sports you still need for that. Obviously you need it, but what's the purpose that it's bringing? I think it's hard to, if it's deficient one without the other, you can't, I think we'll all agree, you can't have one without the other. Right, but the question is in terms of my focus, in terms of my perspective, in terms of my mindset with regards to what I'm looking to accomplish, my mindset is one of Torah as opposed to mitzvot. Mitzvot will complement it, mitzvot will be a facet of it, but ultimately speaking, my mindset is Torah. My mindset is one which is not mechanical per se, but, but rather of essence. Um, or say scholarly understanding and mechanical. It seems like he's talking about scholarly understanding here. Scholarly understanding of Torah? Yeah, but that's it can't, Torah. Again, it can't be, Rabbi, because his later passage in which he describes Torah as being deficient without mitzvot can't be. Because if it was all just scholarly, what, what's, the, what's the significance of the mitzvot as well? Hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So says says yeah, Nefesh Ha'ayim, he continues. That's where we know that we have to talk about 
Well, you have pasuk in Sefer Yeshua. Thank you. You have pasuk in Sefer Yeshua ve'achita bo yomam v'alayla, which the Chachamim always mention in this context. V'limadetem otam et benechem is in the context of Talmud Torah as well. That means I'm only obligated with him. That's a nice suggestion. The Chachamim understand in Masechet Kiddushin and in the Midrash as referring to Talmidim. V'shinatam levanecha specifically is elu Talmidecha, and they bring a source from your man, Eliyahu, Eliyahu, when he's, Avi, Avi, Rechav Yisrael Ufarasha, that's what Elisha says about Eliyahu. Eliyahu was not the father of Elisha, and nonetheless, it's a reference to Avi, my father, so to speak, in Chokmah. Well, that being the case, says, says Nefesh Haim, Ki Reshit Arka Bakodesh, we said, okay, Vezeu Sheamru Perek HaTorah, Umigadalto, Umoromamto, Al Kola Maasim, the end of Perkei Avot, in the sixth chapter, so there's this description of how Torah raises you above Kol Ma'asim. Now, ma'asim might be a reference, in a simple sense, to the creations of God. So, you are raised above the creations of God through study of Torah. His understanding of it is not so, or perhaps a second understanding. It's that Torah raises a person above performance. Ma'asim meaning not the ma'aseyadav of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but rather the performance of human beings. We can do mitzvot, but performing quote-unquote mitzvot of Torah, or living a life of Torah, or studying Torah, gives that exalted, elevated status. That's the clever understanding of Nefesh Haim. That, of course, is in, uh, in, in Korspa, that's dealing with the first Mishnah in, in uh, Pe'ah, which talks about the Sachar Mitzvot, and has Talmud Torah Keneged Kulam. The statement is, what does it mean, Keneged Kulam? Enan Shavot Ledavar Echad Min HaTorah. You can't and should not associate Mitzvot, even, says Nefesh HaChaim, all 613, to a life, to a circumstance of both scholarly, emotional, psychological, and life of, in, in totality of Torah. Vegam. Ki kedushat ve'or ha-mitzvah asher tashkin ora al oto ha-davar ve'ha-chefetz asher bo ve'al yado te'ase ha-mitzvah eno shore alehem rak lefi sha'ato be'et sha-mitzvah na'aset bahem. Aval ha-hash na'asa bahem mitzvatan ha-kedushat ve'ha-or will now dive into what in the Gemara in Masechet Megillah, which he'll cite on Daf Kafvav, is really just a halachic discussion and description. He'll now make it not only halachic, but hashkafic as well, not only something which is practical with regards to what I do, but it affects how I understand it as well. And what he described initially is that when I understand misvot versus Torah, I see Torah as everlasting. I see mitzvot as lasting during the time of performance. How so? He says, once you have the appearance, once you have the manifestation, the ascension or dissension of Torah, you now have that or which is eternal by definition. He described to us earlier from the Pasuk in Mishle, Torah is or, or is eternal. It can't be lost. Whereas mitzvot is ner, ner is lighting up the room while it's lit, but it will be extinguished. This is the halachic discussion I was telling you about. Shetash mishem mitzvah nizrakin le'ahashina mitzvatan. Tashmishet kedusha nignazin. Torah 
says Nefesh HaChayim, look and think in this context, and I'd like to talk a little bit more about this over the course of this class, is to think about the following distinction in Halakha. The Halakha goes as follows, sorry, to, to just demonstrate it from Shohan Aruch in source number two. Shohan Aruch has the following Halakha in Siman Kaf Aleph in Ora Haim. It says the Halakha is if you're wearing your Sisiot and one of the strands comes off, you don't need to be Gonez, you don't need to bury it, you don't need to treat that strand, that string of Tefi with Kiddushah after it falls off of your begot. Why not? It was Kiddushah, was it not? It was never Kiddushah, it was Mitzvah. That's in contrast to if uh, the Resu'ah, the strap of your Tefillin is to be taken off, it needs to be Nignaz, it needs to be buried. What's the difference between the two? Why should one continue its status of mitzvah? Now, that's in stark contrast to while I'm performing the mitzvah, while I'm wearing the sisit, says Shulchan Aruch explicitly, I can't now take the strands and start tying things with them. That's bizayon to tashmish mitzvah. These are two concepts and two entities known as tashmish mitzvah and tashmish kiddushah. Tashmish mitzvah means anything that I perform as a mitzvah. During the time of performance of mitzvah, it achieves, it, it maintains, a certain sanctity and in turn I have to treat it with the appropriate respect. While I'm using my lulav and etrog, they have a certain kiddushah to them. When Sukkot is done and I now have my lulav and etrog remaining, I might want to save it, if that's your minhag, for bidikat hametz, but technically speaking, it can be thrown out. You might want to treat it with a certain sanctity and I would suggest so, put it in a bag separate from your regular garbage while disposing of it or maybe leave it out. But ultimately speaking, it doesn't need to be buried. Why not? How come when you told me about the straps of tefillin, which we call tashmishek kiddushah, it's different. Tashmish, of course, means to be mishamish, means to be a mechanism toward dealing with it. The difference between the two, says the Gemara, says Nefesh HaHayim in explaining the Gemara, is one has a parchment or a statement of God's name in it, has Torah in it, or connected to it. The other does not. Whereas Tefillin, whereas Sifre Torah, whereas, whereas Mezuzot are Tashmishe or Kedushah themselves, and anything connected to them is considered Tashmish of Kedushah, all the other matters are Tashmish Mitzvah. Tashmish Mitzvah is like that ner. It has light during the time while it's lit. When it's extinguished afterwards, well then that, that light, that ner in, in, in its extinguished state leaves us with well, nothing at all. In contrast to Tashmishe Kedushah, Tashmishe Kedushah means there's Torah attached to it. Kedushah, in turn, is something which is eternal, cannot evaporate, cannot be, so to speak, forgotten, and as a result, you have to maintain the Kedushah. Says Nefesh HaChayim, this, what's that? I'm treating the straps the same as the Bayit, as the Gemara does. Yes, absolutely. There is difference in terms of which straps. The straps of the, of the tefillin shel rosh, where posek lahalacha has an elevated status because of the letter that's tied in on them, because we consider that kedushah itself. But absolutely, these are all a part of it. Which means to say that the, the boxes which are placed on top of it are generally speaking considered tashmish, the tashmish, and beyond that and beyond that. In other words, what I'm dealing with really is the straps and the boxes of the tefillin, which are all housing the Kelaf, the Torah itself, that's Tashmishek Kedushah. Absolutely. 
No, because you have outside of your mezuzah, for one of the purposes, you have a, a slight covering to it. You have a, outside of the parchment, it's, we, we surround it with a piece of paper. That's the tashmish. It means the bayit outside of it is a tashmish, dit tashmish, and as a result, we're lenient on the batim. Although, I don't know, do you ever actually get rid of them? If you would, it's a tashmish, dit tashmish. We do them while we're alive. Yet the Torah is eternal. Well, it's the same point. It's the same point, Musa. Same, same point. Velet lecha mide bedivrahem zechunanam nivracha delarim miza bakera. Says Nevesha Haim Yishinol, the statement of the rabbis in this context, much like their others, is hinted at in the text. Yesh lechavin hakatubi. He says, I can find that hinted in this pasuk in Mishle. Kinem mitzvah v'torah or gam alze ha'inyan haniskar alpi perusham zechunanam nivracha hanal besotasha maner eno meir ela lefisha'ah ma'or me Whereas the rabbis in Masechet Sota, which we read last week on Daf Kafal, have distinguished between Haganah and Hatzalah, the way in which the Torah versus Mitzvot will bring forth that protection. In this context, he says, they're continuing that strain of thought. And the strain of thought, instead of talking about the protection of the Torah, is in terms of the everlasting nature of the Torah. So that's his Hidush. I mean, it's a fascinating, in my mind, Hidush and approach. It's what I always strive to do. We take halacha, which could be stagnant and static, and envision it as just mechanical performance. This is the halacha, so the rabbis suggest. Instead, he's philosophizing. Instead, he's explaining to you this is what underlies this halacha. This is a difference, first and foremost, between Torah and mitzvot. He's not denying Kiddushav mitzvot. He's just saying, as Musa said, mitzvot is something which is while during the life of their performance. Torah is something which is everlasting. I'd like to, for a few moments, just elaborate on this point before hopefully we finish the Pedic. If you take a look at the third source here on the page in front of you, this third source is from one of my rabbis, Rabbi Herschel Schachter. He has a book in which he records many conversations and shi'urim that he heard from his rabbi, Rabbi Salvechik. And here in source number three, he explains, based on the strain of thought which we're discussing, he talks about the Kiddushah of the Mishkan and of the Mikdash. He points out from his rabbi, he says, the Mishkan was known as Mishkan Ha'edut. Now the Mishkan had many matters of Kiddushah, many mitzvot which were performed in. There was Ketoret, there was Korbanot, there was Menorah, there was Lechem Apanim, there was so many things taking place in the Mishkan, and yet the Mishkan in the Torah is known as Mishkan Ha'edut. Well, what was Edut? Well, the Torah at the beginning of Parashat Tirumah makes clear that Edut were the Luhot themselves, Edut of, testimony of, Ma'amad Har Sinai. Why is it known as Mishkan Ha'edut? The suggestion is because the sanctity, the Kiddushah of Mishkan was from Luhot Ha'edut. Which means to say the sanctity of the place emanated not... Irrespective. The point is you have Luchot, whichever ones were in the in the Aaron, which according to the... I thought you are getting into the Midrash. According to the Hachamim both. Regardless, you had in it Torah, you had it in Luchot Aidut. He continues. He says, Harambam records what seems to be a Midrashic conversation in the Gemara. The Gemara talks about how, potentially, there's two opinions, the Luchot were, uh, together with the Aaron, were by Shalom Mohammedach. There was a special chamber built underneath Makom HaMikdash, and in turn, they were stored away, so to speak, for eternity. He talks about Yoshiyahu HaMelech in this context being involved as well. But why? What does that have to do in the halachic sense? 
sense of understanding Mikdash or Mishkan says, Rabbi Zalvechik, it has everything to do with it. If I'm to understand Kiddushah as emanating from Torah, well, in turn, I'm to understand that the Mikdash has to have some connectedness to Luhot. A second Mikdash would not achieve Kiddushah if it didn't have those luchot. You might in this context, and nefesh ha'ayim in truth, maybe we should have read that already, will go on and say, well, if you're telling me Kiddushah emanates from Torah, so then what are you talking about during the time of performance of mitzvot? There's a paradoxical statement over here. There's, a, there's this concept over here. He says that the mitzvot themselves, during time of performance as well, in truth, their source of Kiddushah is from Torah. In other words, the vision is Torah, <laughs> is the essence of that Kiddushah, which again, in my mind, is not so hard to understand. To understand Torah as, as Harambam says, who Yodea, and then who Yadua, and so on and so forth. If I understand my relationship with God as a relationship with existence, which in turn is the embodiment of all, well, I, I, I then understand that Kiddushah is to be found through Torah, through that relationship with existence, through my knowledge of his essence, which is Torah itself. That's the suggestions with regards to the Mikdash with the Mishkan. That's the Edut, that's the Luhot, which brought forth that Kiddushah. The truth is Rabbi Salvechik's great-grandfather, the Bet HaLevi, his great-grandfather who bore the same name as him, Rabbi Yosef Dov Salvechik, was the rabbi of Slutsk. He was actually related to Nefesh Haim through marriage through Nefesh Ahim's son. He married into the family. He was a rabbi in Velazh and Yeshiva for some time. And then he was in a town called Slotsk. In his Hakdama, in his introduction to his Derashot, Derashot, he has many Derashot. Now, if you look at these Derashot, they don't resemble, generally speaking, the Derashot that rabbis would make today. He was either speaking to a much more intellectual crowd, or he was speaking and nobody was understanding him, or he never spoke these. Because if you look at these Derashot, these Derashot have depth. If you look at Slach of Biyahaskalanda's um, Dirashot from Prague several hundred years ago, these are depth filled with in intricacies with Divrei Chachamim. There's fascinating. A lot of pilpul in terms of the world of the Chachamim, but if he was speaking this way to lay people, I mean, uh, you know, we're worlds, worlds apart in this respect. This is for scholars today. Anyway, in his introduction, he comments on a Gemara, which is a perplexing one in Masechet Ketubot and Davkof Yod Aleph Amud Bet. The Gemara over there has the following statement. So take a look together with me in source number four. Amar of Nachman by Yitzhak, Okay, then the Gemara wants to know which Rav Yitzhak and then the name of others and so forth. Ultimately speaking, Amar Bil Azar, second line. Ameha Arasot Enan Hayim. This is those who are ignoramuses, loosely translated as don't know Torah, didn't study Torah. Enan Hayim, which, uh, which the understanding in the Gemara is they won't have an eternal life. They live in this world, they won't have an eternal life. Tanyana Meachi, cites a pasuk for it. Metim Bal Yechiu. Pasuk in Yeshaya, Yachol Kol, is it possible that everyone uh, will be barred from, call it Tehiyat HaMetim, call it an eternal existence? Talmud Omar, Refaim Bal Yakum Bimarpeh Atzmo Medivre Torah Katum Medaber, it's a derasha, that Refaim is a person who doesn't study Torah appropriately, which means to say, Ameha Aretz, won't have uh, won't have an eternal existence, really. So who has an eternal existence? In other words, afterlife in this world? Only those who study Torah, call it Talmidei Hachamim, or call it the negation of Ameha Aretz. Amalir Bi'ohanan lo 
Yochanan was not very happy with such a statement. That pasuk, which is talking about people who are missing, who are diminished in their stature, it's not a person who doesn't study Torah, it's a person who's too involved in Avodah Zarah. That person is missing the eternal life. That's Rabbi Yohanan's slant on this. Rabbi Al-Azhar, the rabbi who's, who's talking to him, responds, Amade Mikra Nidoresh. He says, I have a different pasuk. Mikra Ahera Nidoresh. What's that pasuk? Also in Yeshaya Perikafav. Kital Orotalecha Va'aris Refaim Tapil. Kola Mishtamesh Bo'or Torah, Or Torah Mechayel. Choshe Eno Mishtamesh Bo'or Torah, En Or Torah Mechayel. Sides pasuk, Tal, that Tal, that do of Tehiyat Ametim is Orot, is with light. The light meaning Torah, only those who have the light of Torah will be able to achieve eternal life or life after de- after death, the, the life of Tehiyat Ametim. It's only if you have Or Torah, that's the statement to Rabbi Yohanan. Rabbi Yohanan is very disturbed by this. Rabbi Yohanan is looking around, in my words, in my imagination, in his community and realizing many people haven't studied Torah, many people are not, many people are illiterate. Are you really telling me they're barred? From that ultimate exile, that not ultimate, that that uh, that existence after existence as we know it. So it says uh, the Gemara says, "Kevan Once he realized that Rabbi Yochanan was feeling bad about this, Amar le Rabbi Masati lehen min haTorah said, "I found a way to solve this for the Ameha Arasot." How so? Solve it again. What, what, what are we running up against? We're just su- suggesting that the Ameha Aretz don't have the eternal existence. Only those who are involved in Torah. Really? But as a member of Am Yisrael, maybe he wanted to, maybe he had a passion. Pasuk says, you are Devekim. It's Pasuk in Parashat Vayet Hanan. You're cleaving to God and in turn you have life today. How's a person cleaving to God is the question. How do you cleave to God? The Pasuk says right there in Parashat Vayet Hanan that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Ish. He has, he has, he's he's quote-unquote the sublime manifestation in this world of fire. How does a person cleave to God? <coughs> Musa knows it. A true lover of Talmidei Chacham. Ela kol amasi bitol Talmid Chacham vehaoseh prakmatia Talmidei Chachamim vehamehane Talmidei Chachamim nechasav that's very powerful. It's a self-serving. Ma'ale ala for me. Ki'ilu middabek v'ashechina says a person who is involved with those who study Torah in terms of servicing and involving themselves appropriately. That's a person who, so to speak, is cleaving to God. In other words, the response was, listen, the person hasn't studied Torah. At least he has some sort of connectedness to Torah. That's his devekut bahakadosh baruchut, so to speak, through the mechanism, through the vehicle of Torah. Now that gemara if we take a step back, says Beit Televi, it's hard to understand. What was the dialogue? The initial statement was the Amiharis don't have an eternal life. Why don't they have an eternal life? Because they're missing Torah. What was the response? The response was no, but if they attach themselves to those who study Torah, that's how they'll achieve the eternal life. The suggestion of Beit Televi is will take us back to Nefesh Hayim, take us back to this passage in the Gemara in Masech Megillah. It reads as follows. It says the Gemara is dealing with, well, how do I try Treat this individual. This individual may have performed mitzvot. This individual is the Amharat. He has performed mitzvot. However, the mitzvot have a temporality. They have a certain lifetime. What's that lifetime? In this world, while alive. Are you really going to suggest that the ner of mitzvah is going to continue onward? I would suggest not.
not, says the Gemara. And as a result, only talorot talecha, the only, one second, the only eternal existence they'll have is through talorot, through Torah. Well, as a result, don't have a chance over here. The suggestion in turn, the counter, the counter reaction is, well, maybe we found a way for them. Maybe they can become What's a tashmish kedusha? It's an individual who's able to attach themselves like the resu'ah to the gufa kedusha. Able to attach themselves to the gufa kedusha, meaning Torah, meaning to that order of Torah, and in turn achieve Yes, an ancillary, yes, a side existence and connectedness, but ultimately speaking, they do attach themselves to an eternal light of Torah. That's the suggestion. The vision, in turn, by the way, is a bit more expansive. The vision is a bit more expansive in with respect to understanding that Kufa Kedusha, whereas I until now had suggested to you it's the Luhotaidut, it's the Kelah, it's the Sifre Torah, it's the books, it's the it's the Torah itself. Now the suggestion in this Gemara is that the Tamit Hacham, the person who studies the Torah becomes and achieves the status of Gufa Kedushah, which means that they become, so to speak, like the Kelaf of a Sefer Torah. And as a result, the Am Haaretz, who's involved with that Tamit Hakam, is the person who's clothing it in quite the literal sense, becoming the Tashmish Kedushah. I'll just take a step back and just notice and realize for a second what we've established. And it's a little bit confining and a little bit scary in my mind, but it goes as follows. What Nefesh Haim has set forth for us is a contrast between Or Torah and Ner Mitzvah, an understanding that Torah has this relationship status which is of essence. It's of essence and in turn to tap into essence means to affect reality. If you have affected reality, that's not evaporating, that's not disappearing. That's in contrast to mitzvot, which are mechanical, which are something in which I've performed, but I performed and tomorrow it's no longer, quote unquote, still there. It might continue to still be there because I've established a relationship. The example we gave last week is I bought the present for my wife. I brought the present for my spouse. As a result, in that moment, there was a very festive atmosphere. Have I continued that afterwards? The only way I've continued it afterwards if, is if I've built a context within which that makes sense because, quote unquote, there's a relationship, because there is Torah. The suggestion in turn is, how do you establish that relationship? It's through this Or Torah. The Or Torah, as a result, needs to be something that's not necessarily tangible, but it's something that I can set my eyes on and understand, this is Gufa Kedusha. Well, that's Torah. The Gemara, in turn, is suggesting that the only access to that is with knowledge of Torah, knowledge of the relationship. Otherwise, you're that Amharit. Yes, you've performed mitzvot. Yes, you may have even had kavanah, but the kavanah is deficient. The kavanah is one in which it's not within the context of Torah. Now, what he's effectively done, Beit Alevi, is barred vision of Ameha Aretz being involved in an eternal existence unless they involve themselves with Tamitah Hachanim, with those who study Torah. It's a jarring statement. It's certainly his vision. It's certainly what he's suggesting. His great-grandson seemed to have had a bit of a different suggestion. At least his his student uh, records this in the book, uh, in, in the book, Eres HaSivi. Yes? You slid in the phrase self-serving. I just wanted to know what that meant. When did I say self-serving? Tell me. No, tell me, tell me in what context. I don't know. I don't understand the question. 
don't get along about must you learn Torah. So then a person who's just doing it, he can't really get credit because he wasn't connected. <laughs> Uh, understood. That's a Mishnah and Sanhedrin. Uh, first and foremost, it's not per se. Uh, when we talk about, and this is important, we've, we've discussed in the past, we talk about eternal existence, there are certainly levels. There's certainly, uh, you know, like anything else, a relationship has certain levels, and as a result, this Gemara has to be talking about something above and beyond what you're, you're referring to. I can't, I can't specifically define it. I don't think anyone could, but you're, you're right. Karet is something which, quote-unquote, is deserving of even an Amha'aris. The Torah is not only talking about in that context, it's talking about all, which means to say there is some sort of perception of a life afterwards, even for Ameha'aret, but in terms of what the Gemara over there in that context, the Tehiyat Ametim per se, or suggesting, is not something that they would have. Well, that all being the case, I would suggest the following. You see, the Pasuk says in, in Sefer Devarim, we discussed this in the Gemara Mishnah, Gemara Masechet Sanhedrin, the Pasuk talks about how for, well, we'll read the Pasuk first. Lotalin Ivlato al Source number seven. So the pasuk and etc. The pasuk describes how there's a command to bury a person, even if they've been put to death by betin. But certainly any person, it appears, you have a command to bury them. Now the Hakamim's understanding of that pasuk of kilelat elohim talui, so to speak, the curse of God is is uh, is is hanging. Says well, there's there's several explanations. That's that's not where they go, and that's exactly the point. Rashi, uh, who's really, uh, who's really uh, truncating the Gemara, says, a person who's, who's hanging is in turn the zilzul, it's an embarrassment for the king, meaning God, because a human being is created with the complexion of God. So, so far, if we're going along the lines of the simple interpretation, as Musa said, this would be relevant to all. And then Rashi concludes, and this is really from the Gemara, from the Midrash, Yisrael and you should know, and Am Yisrael are the children of Akadosh Baruch Hu, which means to say we're confining this mitzvah kevura to Yisrael as opposed to all. Shouldn't it be all if everyone's created with Selim Elohim? Why is it only Yisrael for whom we have the command to bury as opposed to Mota'olam? It's a very fundamental and easy question. Musa, 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 I'm just reading Rashi. Look at the, look at the page. Rashi, Yisrael him banab chalas Yisrael. It's only on Yisrael. The Hayuv Rambam. This is clear. This is the halacha. The Chovav Kevura is not also for Motaulam. It's only for Yisrael. And the question begs itself: Why so? Like you said, Selim Elokim. Adam Harishon was created with Selim Elokim. Goyim, non-Jews are also from Selim Elokim, and we have to treat them accordingly. Why is Kevura only for Yisrael? The suggestion once, goes. Once they refuse the Torah, they lost the Torah. The suggestion goes as follows: Nothing to do with refusal, in my mind, at least. And the suggestion goes as follows in the book Eretz Sasevi. That's Eretz Sasevi is, is the same rabbi, Rabbi Herschel Shechter. He quotes from his rabbi as well in this context. And it goes as follows: It says that when we talked about what needs ginizah, what needs to be buried, it's talking about entities and beings, if you recall, that maintained that kedusha. To perform mitzvot while alive has kedusha in the moment. For sheva mitzvot menenoch, if I look at a non-Jew and I say, well, he's a righteous gentile. That's right, he's a righteous gentile as he's living. 
after death, if Torah was deficient, if he wasn't involved in Torah, well, that person has not achieved that or of Torah. And as a result, they don't have that eternal Kiddushah. And as a result, there's no command. It's nice, you shouldn't be Mivazeh, but there's no command per se, just like Tashmishek Mitzvah don't have a command to bury. Again, it's envisioning, so to speak, the Goyim in this context, like the Lulav, like the Chut Shel Tzitzit, whereas the Israel are like the Nartik Shel Sefer Torah. That's the difference, that's the distinction. But wait a second, the Pasuk is not only talking about Tamidah Hachamim, is it? According to Beit Alevi, you would argue that this was only in the context of Tamidah Hachamim. Rabbi Salvechik elaborated. His great-grandson suggested, he, he, he broadened the horizon over here, he suggested that every member of Israel has some connectedness to Torah, which means to say, even if I haven't, and here's the critical, and it comes back to conversation last week with Judah, even if I haven't sat down and read from the words of the Torah myself, if I'm a member of Am Yisrael, I have a connection inherent, and my essence is one which is attached to Torah. He cites in this context the Gemara and Masechet Nidan Daflamet, the Gemara over there describes how the angel, an angel teaches a person when they're in the womb of their mother, a person being a Yisrael member. What sort of description is that? And when you come out, you forgot it all. What sort of description is that? So it's got a lot of lessons to it. His suggestion in this context is there's something within the fabric the very DNA of a member of Am Yisrael that attaches them to Kedushat Torah, which in turn means that instead of just envisioning this Tashmish Kedushah as in the context of someone who's Mehane Talmidei Hachamim Minechazav, a person who's Mishamesh Talmidei Hachamim if he's an Am Ha'aretz, the Am Ha'aretz has inherently, as a member of Yisrael, that Kedushah of Or Torah. Just to piece it all together, what Nefesh Ha'aim has continued for us, and we'll finish the Perek hopefully next week, what he's continued for us is a description of the contrast, the difference between Torah and mitzvot, whereas Torah embodies Kiddushah itself, it is the essence of Kiddushah, mitzvot are a derivative of it, mitzvot are the performance of it. That's not to say that Torah can exist without Torah, without mitzvot. Torah needs the embodiment, the clothing, just like our neshama needs a goof, just like our mind needs a mouth in order to articulate. But ultimately speaking, the or is emanating, is deriving from Torah. That's where the eternal existence of Kiddushah comes from. The Kiddushah lefisha'ah, the Kiddushah in the context, in the moment of performance, is applicable to mitzvot. He cites in this context the Gemara Masech Megillah, Tashmishem Kiddushah and Tashmishem Mitzvah, and we in turn understood that the capability for human beings, for Am Yisrael, to achieve Gufa Kiddushah status is inherent in the study, performance, and life of Torah. Baruch Amen Amen.